This episode of Dying Alone Together is brought to you exclusively by Satisfyer. but we also got misty eyed and I'm like I'm excited about how like dynamic it is. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's a good I think it's a good balance. It's trying to be a good balance so far. Welcome back everybody uh to another episode of Dying Alone Together. I am Jack Tracy. I am JJ Bozeman. So I wanted to t- I brought this up to you and I want to kind of explain I want to I want to set the table a bit before I, I talk about what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um so there tend to be like a certain type Certain types of guys that tend to be commonly attracted to me, I have noticed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Southerners. Okay. Um, um, tech guys. Okay. Brazilians. Oh. Brazilians tend to like what I'm offering. Okay. It is. It is. It is. It's just if I survey back the kinds of guys that have been interested in me, there's always a very strong presence from mm. Brazil. Okay. Now. I've never dated, dated a Brazilian guy. And I've had multiple situations where the, the, the we've had more of a hookup relationship and it's gone sour. Oh. And it was common enough that the current uh, Brazilian man that I am enjoying, enjoying time with uh, right now, um, I kind of brought it up to him and I wanted to ask about it, about like, a mis- you know, am I, is there a cultural thing here? Is there a, cause it was just, it was, it was happening too often. Okay. For I mean, it to just be coincidence. Is there an, like how often? Like I can't think of a single Brazilian guy that I've dated that, or I'm no, sorry, that I've had relationships with that it ended in any other way than him like being really pissed off at me. And what, I mean, is there like a number of men? Oh, like, Five. Okay. Yeah, that's frequency enough. That right. are enough. Fre- uh, that happened. So, the last one, and it always happens this way. Okay. One. Mm-hmm. When you do, you have anybody, or have you had anybody in your life where the entirety of your relationship was solely sexual? Mm, I mean, you didn't go to movies with them. Right. They didn't hang out with your friends. You didn't. It was just you texted when you when you were horny. Yeah. You set up a time to have sex. You have sex. You move on about like your life. a repeat offender. Yeah, probably not just because I'm too chatty. Mm. Well, I'm chatty yeah. for sure. But like the only times we're hanging out or talking are around the planning of. Okay. Or the having of sex. I, I can't really. I'm reaching to think of somebody like i'm kind of going through lists of people and i feel like um i don't know if, if we made plans more than once right we could also like watch a movie afterwards or before or something like that oh, okay so that's maybe that's just to me maybe so i i i there's a and i have those too right but i do have you know it's just sort of like people in the black book oh cool where it's like yeah. i would like to have sex are you a friend are you free great that's the best that's awesome um and with those people, because we've only ever met to have sex. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's how we met. We it was like a hookup app. Like, hey, are you looking? Are you looking? What mm-hmm. are you into? What are you into? Done. Have sex. Text. You know, a week later when I want to have sex again, because that's always been the context of the relationship. I had never. You know, hey, how's your week going? How's your day? Uh, what are you into? What do you what What's your uh, What do you do for work? Like it, ne- it. It just. It never went there. Never got there. Never came up because that wasn't. There was no, there was no sort of, um, what am I trying to say? Like an appetite to, or just like no, you know. It's just, just that wasn't our relationship. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't happen. Right. So it, what would happen is it would get to maybe like, you know, we're meeting for like the fifth or sixth time. And I would send some sort of like flirty message like, hey, you know, so, something vaguely sexual. <laughs> and then their message back would be like, um... Or you could say, how was your day, question mark. And I'm like, okay, um, how was your like? Uh, oh, they would police the fact that you're just sexual. Right. And then it would almost feel like they were getting angry. Yeah. That like. It wasn't transitioning into anything? Right. But at the same time. Why? Ne- never asked. 
me about my day, never asked me to go do anything, never like was sort of just passively waiting for me to do more. Okay. Well, the same, well, from my perspective, this is all this is. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. And yeah. I thought you were fine with that. And nothing, it's never come up. Right. So I was enlightened recently. Okay. Because it's, it's happened a lot with the Brazilian guys <laughs> I've dated or uh, dated, had relationships with, so or had sex with. So I brought up with, with this Brazilian guy, and right. I said, and he was like, well, I'll tell you, I was starting to feel that way. Okay. And I was like, really? And he was like, yes, because, and this is what he, this is how he explained it to me, so maybe this isn't true. He, he, he was taking the stance as like a representative for Brazilian gay men. Sure. So he was saying, he was like, we don't date the way that you guys do. Okay. Like, we don't do this whole, like, well, the first date and then the second date, and we go out to dinner, and then we talk, and then we this and that. He goes, it's just much more organic. And sure, maybe you meet to have sex, but then I would, you know, invite you to come to a party with a friend, and Mm. then you would do that. And then, like, you know, after five or six times, we're now dating. Yeah. And he was like, I've, and he was saying he had noticed that from like American boys, that it was like if you didn't start through the the dating process, yeah, that was never going to happen. And from his perspective, he thought, you know, this is just how things oh. eventually. And that sort of cultural disconnect, yeah. And now when he said that to me, I was like, oh, okay. now I understand because yeah. they're coming from a perspective of, of course, they could grow into something, and he's eventually going to ask me to do this and yeah. do that. Yeah. And in my mind, it's like, no, 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 we're just sex friends. Right, right. The clarity and the expectations are different. Right. So I thought that was very enlightening. Have yeah. you ever had, what's your relationship with sort of like friends, people you have sex with versus, like, do you, do you have lines or categories or... You seem much more open. Yeah, I think everything has gotten much blurrier as I've gotten older. Um, mm-hmm. It's, uh, I used to, I think it's because I used to have very rigid ideas about um, putting people into categories and, and defining what a friend is, defining what a partner is, defining what, you know, a sexual partner is. That, um, I don't know, I I also kind of realized I had, like, friends that I would get crushes on too, and, mm-hmm. like, friends that I would have sex with, and then, like, when it's all kind of... It would it seemed convoluted or kind of like confusing maybe, but then I realized like oh I think I'm creating that problem by putting so much pressure on a like a label or an ex- expectation I guess and if I just kind of like participate and uh, you know go with the impulse and kind of like feel good about what's happening in the moment and not really kind of like channel that into expectations for what's going to happen tomorrow or whatever mm-hmm. then then I don't know no no harm no foul like it was it's kind of that so. Yeah, I don't know. My and that's that's taken um, time for me to be able yeah. to keep to to not, you know, push expectations on people. He also was telling me that it can also come across as sort of objectification mm-hmm. of just like, oh, well, he just wants to have sex with me because you know he has this fantasy of like this, you know, a Brazilian dude, and I'm just a Brazilian dude, and I'm interchangeable for any Brazilian dude, mm-hmm. and like. Do you have, have you had experiences as, as a non-white queer person as sort of racial objectification? Oh man, totally. I, you know, it's so, I'm, I'm uh, biracial, I'm half Filipino, I'm skinny and I'm younger than the guys that I'm usually attracted to. So recognizing that I, you know, I'm younger, skinny, kind of hairless and um, what else is it? Asian. There's. Oftentimes I'm wondering like, oh, okay, am I, you know, am I being fetishized by this person who is uh, interested? And I had an ex who would, um, you know, make jokes that I didn't enjoy about, uh, about, you know, him having like a yellow fever or Asian Mm -hmm. fetish and stuff. And it's, it's, of course, he thought he was coming from a playful place. And whenever I let him know that it wasn't really like landing how he wanted it to, he didn't understand that it, he, he, thought like, oh, no, 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 you're safe to joke with because we're so close. Right. But I still had that belief, even if he thought, you know, it was completely a joke. I'm like, no, but you're not lying either. Like, I don't know if you realize how true it is that, you know, if someone is attractive to you, they get to, I don't know, skip the line as far as getting to know them more to kind of appreciate them. So where is the line? Because I'm interested to know this as someone, if I am ever objectified, it, it has it probably doesn't have anything to do with anything other than my like sexual role or, you know, I'm, I'm a white dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 
I, I, where is the, like, how do you draw the line between someone who you are just because of your, your ethnicity, build, general look, age, mm-hmm. uh, hair pattern, you know, color of your features, like, yeah. just because of that, you end up being what, like, what they think is the most visually attractive and thus tends to be their type. Mm-hmm versus someone who fetishizes yeah. a race. Where is, what is, how would you define the line for you? So I, I guess it's like, because it's like an uncomfortable conversation, you mm-hmm. don't want to bring it up and kind of make someone feel accused. You don't want to like, mm-hmm. you know, be like, hey, can I clarify this? It's super awkward. Um, at first, it's just, I've even, I don't know, I have dated people who their track record, I guess. Not that, you know, like asking someone or like just finding out, organically what their um previous boyfriends looked like or whatever and uh that suspicion starts to creep in but i know it's also like unfair to kind of um you know assume too quickly that people are are um looking at you with a prejudice even if it's like a positive prejudice i guess mm-hmm. but uh i guess it's um with with that one ex it was the fact that i tried to let him know that i didn't like it and he didn't respect that i guess so if there's a litmus test or like a way to kind of like see if I'm being objectified in a way that's not um, cool, it's it's just like trying to make those observations and put the pieces together. But it sucks because that is a process, and you feel suspicious, and you feel kind of like yeah. you're un- you're putting things under a microscope, and it's just a really uncomfortable thing. But I'm also like I don't know. Generally, I'm a very trusting person, and I have that benefit of the doubt for people sometimes for too long. But I think as I'm getting older, I know it's a thing to clock and just to kind of like be wary of because. It burns. It sucks whenever you're like, oh, you don't actually care to know me at all. I just really am like, it's a turn on to you that you've got this Asian boy in bed with you. Right. And there is actually a version of that Mm -hmm. outside of the racial context, which feels, that one feels, you know, tricky. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I've definitely seen the like... Uh, so we, we, we've swiped a lot and we found that despite the fact that my dating pattern is pretty varied, like I do have a, an attraction to, uh, a hairy, mm-hmm. muscly bearded bear, possibly yeah. with tattoos yeah. and that that's like my thing. And I have had in the past someone like, and like a, a white person. So, but, but felt typified and felt like, well, the only reason you're dating me is because this is what you like. And it's yeah. like, well, well, I but I like this. Like, like, and it's right. like, it's like, I'm not like, I'm not interchanging yeah. like, Oh, swap this one out for this one. Right. Like I also like you, but yeah, like your, yeah. your visual appeal actually is a big thing for me for some reason that I don't fully understand. But yeah, I do like this probably my relationship with my father, but uh, yeah, I, I do like this. So right. like, I can't say no. Yeah. Like, why is it a bad thing that I'm yeah. super into, into but all I think you. you answered it, which is that, are you, is it that, I find this visually appealing, and so that caught my interest, and now I'm getting to know you as a person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus I just like to have something like this rotating on my arm. Yeah, and it's, but you know what? That's like a human thing, you mm. know what I mean? Like I don't, I wouldn't hold it against a person to be so attracted to somebody that they, you know, thought, you know, that they were getting to know them when really they were just having really good sex. That happens to so oh. many people all the time, you know, and people conflate uh, good sex with this, uh, an, int- an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. That is such an old story that's been told by like everybody basically. And it's, you know, I don't know, it's human and it's embarrassing and awkward. And so is being a human. So I don't know. You just roll with the punches and whenever it happens, you try to like learn something if you can and keep going, I guess. But I don't know. It's just, it's going to happen. Well, subscribers, listeners, you uh, take a moment to think about what you learned from our very special conversation today. And uh, we will be back right after this break to do some swiping. JJ, have you ever had a sexual encounter with someone who was not physically in the room with you? I mean, is it the 21st century? I, I think it's the 21st century, yeah. though I'm always kind of confused with that about like, okay, it's 2021. Yes, it is the 21st century. Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. so it's 21st century. Yes, so of course there are plenty of devices that allow you to give and receive pleasure, mm-hmm. um, sexual wellness devices, in fact, that uh, you can share with a partner uh, even when you're away from each other. 
What? No way. Is that something you would like to procure for yourself in order to enhance your sexual encounters? I think everyone could gain something from that. Yes. And do you know anybody who sells sexual wellness products that uh, that connect to an app that allow for such adventures? You know what? Now that you mention it, Satisfier can Satisfier. connect you today. Satisfier, who is the exclusive sponsor of this podcast, who we love. Yes. You need to go to their website, www.satisfier.com, S-A-T-I-S-F. Y-E-R.com is where you will find all sorts of app-enabled products that you can connect through the secure Bluetooth technology, strong bond, strong bond? Strong bond. Yes. I, I, I enjoy strong bonds, deep vibes, and uh, good times. <laughs> and you can have all of those with these Satisfired products uh, by going to Satisfier.com. And I think there is a discount code uh, for listeners. Do you know what that is, JJ? Could it possibly be D-A-T-30? D-A-T, dying alone together, D-A-T-30 at checkout for 30% off. There it is. That isn't too shy. 30% off is a good discount. I mean, you're welcome, guys. Yes. And so, ladies, And anyone else. All. Uh, uh, guys, gals, nems, and everything on the spectrum. Ken get a Satisfier wellness product that that's they will right. enjoy. That's right. If you're looking for sexual wellness, you know exactly where to go. That's satisfierwithay.com. So today for our second segment, instead of swiping, we're going to take a bit of a break and uh, we're going to talk about love languages. So before we go through that, like, do you have, what's your experience with love languages? When did you become aware of them? Or I think they became popular conversation um, probably like, I don't know. I feel like within the last 10 years, right? Like, I might be wrong because that's just kind of like the window of my dating and stuff. But I think it's been around for a while, right? Yeah, that's when it came to me as well, probably within the last, again, like 10 years. Yeah. I I learned about them in couples therapy two exes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this is author Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate, published in 1992. Yeah, I had a roommate, so that book was on a bookshelf in my apartment, and I think I, like, opened it and probably read a paragraph here and there, but I never, I didn't, I'm not, like, super versed in it, but I have an idea for myself just through experience of what's what's going on, but... So I think the thing that people forget when they talk, and we'll go through them and we'll figure out ours, but when people Mm -hmm. talk about love languages is, I think there's really two in terms of or two perspectives on it it's what is the best way for your partner to express themselves to you Mm -hmm. and what are the ways in which you are you are naturally inclined to express to another yeah so i think you have to think about it and they can be very different right um so the ones that we have here the five from mr chapman's work are words of affirmation quality time receiving gifts acts of service and physical touch so jj if you were describing to someone what your love languages are in terms of what you want to receive from them Mm -hmm. what would you say physical touch is definitely probably my top of the list i would say the other ones i mean everything looks great but i don't know i am a very um affectionate person and uh it's even like the subtle, small stuff, like sure, like cuddling and sex, all of that obviously is like super duper intimate and like bonding. Um, but I like being out and just whenever you feel like a hand land on your shoulder, you're like, oh, this person wants to touch me. There's something so, I don't know, there's like confirmation in that for me, even if it's, it might be, I don't know, I want to use the word disproportionate, but I, I think that's just what a love language is. It's like something that works for me so much, but or like when I'm sitting on the couch with someone, I want like our knees to kind of at least be touching. Like something like small like that, I have recognized in, um, I, I actually remember dating an ex and we were both like, we uh, just like hopped out of the shower and we were like, uh, I think we we're brushing our teeth or something together like in the bathroom. And I like put my foot on top of his while I was like sitting on the side of the tub. And he's like, yep, your love language is touch, by the way. I'm like, oh, there it is. So I have like like little moments that definitely like, yeah, that's it. But that's. Yeah, that's like the story. That's the, what's been consistent. I love just, I don't know, even the casual touch. Is there a love language that if you're, that you specifically do not want or feel uncomfortable by? I don't think receiving gifts does a lot for me. That's, I mean, um, I, whenever you realize someone's thinking about you when you're not in the room and they like get you something, that's, they're, I mean, I'm not going to say that's bad, of course, but 
I don't know, giving me things. I'm not a very things person. I'm sort of a minimalist. Like I will get stuff when I need stuff or try to have an experience, but I don't want things. So that's like the only one that I'm like, oh, I don't know, not me. I agree with you. So for me, I would say ditto. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, physical touch is number one for sure. Mm -hmm. I also, if I had to tie it, probably acts of service as well. Yeah. Like someone, like I'm far more receptive to someone being like, oh, hey, I saw you were out of this, so I picked it up on the way. Yeah. Then here's a here's the new Xbox, you know? Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Right? Um, um, I was describing to someone recently on a date that like, if you're, cause I feel the same way about gifts. Gifts make me uncomfortable. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one, it's my relationship with, with money, which is that if I want something, I can just, I'm at a good stage in my life where if I want something, I can just buy it. So anything that I would want is a gift. Yeah. It, the reason I don't have it is because it's too expensive. And so that is inappropriate for you to give me. Yes. It's too much. Yeah. Or, so if you're going to give me a gift, it needs to be something silly, stupid, and mm-hmm. it has to tie back to, it's, it shows that you listened to something. Yeah. Oh, you remember when you said that thing? Well, I saw this and I thought of you. Yeah. That is fine. I will say I'm also like, I'm a very sentimental person, so I do enjoy mm-hmm. having like, even like a little tchotchke or something that like is a memory or, um, or, you know, uh, I've, I've got uh shirts that someone's like hey i'm done with this shirt or whatever and i wear it and even that's enough for me to be like oh this is that shirt that i got from that guy or whatever and that's sweet that's a gift that i can enjoy but it's 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 more than just like a thing you know what i mean i don't know what is the best gift you've ever given that i've given oh man i'm also like i stress out so much when it comes to people's birthdays and stuff but i um it's like what's coming to mind is like so adult. Whenever I had my long-term relationship, I remember I bought us like a cuisine art uh, grill for the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that was just like something practical because we used it all the time and it was, it was good for both of us, I guess. But I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Now I'm like, that's not very sentimental. That's just practical. Um, so the reason I ask is yeah. because on the flip side, yeah. the, the love language that I am best at oh. and like to do is giving gifts. Oh, wow. So, or I think that it's the one that I, I I I go towards. Now, for me, again, it's not in terms of like extravagance or expense. Mm-hmm. That's not the thing. But mm-hmm. like, I think it comes for me. I think it comes from when I was little. We were very very poor. Yeah. And I had a part time job, and so there were a couple years where I was funding yeah. family Christmas. And I was like, like, like I bought the family, the first DVD player and everybody got their favorite movie. Mm. And that was like a Christmas. And like, I really like thought about, I think I really got in this habit of sort of like providing. Yes. So the best gift, I think. Yeah. And, and, and a real disconnect because the person that I was with that I gave this gift to, his love language very much was receiving gifts. Oh, that's good. However. Okay. So... Uh, like the gifts that I would give, like the, the best one, I think that, well, the, the second best was he had a saying he would say all the time. He would be like, when he said, I love you, he'd be like, hey, hey, don't forget. I love you. Aww. Like he would do that. So, oh, no, no, sorry. That's something else. But he would say, he would say, I don't, I, at the beginning, it was like, I don't want to be a broken record, but I love you. Hmm. And so I found uh, a song called I Love You and I found an old vi- a vinyl like a record of it and I broke it and framed it oh as a gift of, yeah like, it's the broken record of I Love You <laughs> that's really funny that. that's hilarious put it in a drawer never hung it up oh <laughs> and then the big one that's number two and then the big one was it was we had this conversation about how like I don't want you to spend a lot of money I don't have a lot of money to spend I'm spending on all these productions yeah if you're gonna get me anything for Christmas or anniversary or whatever just just Thoughtful, small, let's go out to dinner. That's all I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So he ignored that and got me like an Apple TV and all sorts of stuff. And <laughs> I got a map of the city yeah, and then put pins in every date or adventure we'd ever had <sighs> and sort of did it as like a, this is our journey. This was our thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, I gave it to him and he goes, oh, no, 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 yeah, this is nice. Um, So like the MacBook that I wanted though. <gasps> 
No. Yeah, and that was like, oh, we're done. That's that was one of those like, oh, we're, we're the, done. Yeah, what we're is done. that? I mean, like, those are all so thoughtful. So I, you think, okay, so I'm not bringing this up to, I mean, I do love shitting on him, but I, I'm not bringing this up to shitting on him. I'm bringing it up because. Right, there's a compatibility I think, thing. I think for him, yeah. it was the more, we, we were quick to discredit people who like getting expensive things, mm-hmm. but there is a value, I think, that some people say, like, the fact that you put yourself out yeah like there is an expression yes of saying like instead of spending this money on something that i wanted or something i needed or like i saved right. and i i i it's sort of like a falling on the sword kind of thing or like like i sacrificed to get something that's totally for you mm-hmm. and so that's why i think some people like we shouldn't we shouldn't immediately dismiss people who like getting expensive things as vanity sure or or consumerism or capitalism or something like that like there is there is value i can understand why someone would be impressed by like oh wow you you spent all of this money you know yeah i still feel like it's i don't know i think both things are happening at the same time right like i think conflating you know uh uh, an act of of sacrifice with a a material thing is still kind of in that vein of 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 uh I don't know. It's it's a it's like a human construct almost. It's like someone like you've been conditioned now to believe this, where it's not. It doesn't have to be that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like people could kind of learn and unlearn what they ascribe, uh, what they ascribe like the definition of a sacrifice to. I think. Yep. So, what is your? Mm-hmm. Are you this? Are you parallel in what you receive and what you what you like to give? Like, what is your love language when like your your mm-hmm. inst your natural instinct to communicate? to a partner, what what do you tend to do? Uh, I mean, like, as in, so, I mean, I think I'm pretty affectionate as well. So whenever I'm around uh, lovers and friends even, I love, you know, putting a head on a shoulder when we're, like, together. Like, I, I think that's just kind of, like, a part of my vibe. I'm a very huggy person every time I see people. Uh, I also say love you to my friends and stuff. And See, I was going to say for you words of affirmation. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like to, I, I, yeah, I like to communicate things kind of like on, on the nose. Like I like to tell friends that I love them and I'm very generous with the vocabulary. I think about that a lot. Like some people think it's supposed to be so sacred and so um, reserved for like the most powerful experience. And I totally, I get that. But I also think like, I don't know, I want to honor even the small things because I feel very sentimental about like, quality time as well. So I guess, I don't know. It's of course, they're all a good mix, but sure. Um, yeah. Oh, and also, sorry, I thought about like another good gift that I gave someone. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be funny to you because uh, I got inspired to do it because CoStar, the app that is an astrology app, I, you can click on your friends and it tells you what like your stars are aligned or whatever and tells you what what's good there or, or avoid this person today because you guys aren't aligned or whatever. And it told me to make a playlist for my best friend, Sydney, for whenever she's in the bath and that I made it for her. And she's like, she let me know she's been taking a bath like every day and it's the coolest, sweetest thing. And it was just really perfect. Okay. And it right. was it all worked know, out. I've the, also got the stars aligned. Yeah. And I, I feel very uh, if I'm a snob. About I won't say about anything. It's music, but I I kind of really get off on having you know nuanced tastes and sharing like oh you've never heard this artist let me share it with you like I feel very cool whenever I get to do that with with a guy who who I've recently stopped seeing romantically mm-hmm. for for you know positive reasons we just okay. know, didn't work out but yeah. uh, that was something I tried with him for the first time where when we first started dating I said make me I'll make you a playlist you make me a playlist oh, I like love. what are your you know, songs that mean something to you or that you just like or whatever. It can be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Interpret it however you want. Send mm-hmm. me something to listen to. I'll listen to it. And then, like, the next time we... Because this was during, like, pandemic... Like, the the center of the pandemic. Yeah. It was like, we're going to FaceTime for a while. So, like, exchange playlists and then let's get on the phone and talk about them. There's also something super nostalgic about it. It's oh, like making sure. a mixtape. Mixed and it's so cute. It's like... Oh, and especially as, as specific as you can make it. Like, hey... Or, like, if you have a song you bond with, a person with, I love, you know... I don't know. Like a... That whole moment of listening to that song, I'm like in a different world with it. It takes, it transports you, and I love mm-hmm. that. Um, in terms of, let's see, which ones didn't we talk about? So words of affirmation are tricky for me because I grew up in a sarcastic household where we never said what we thought. Ah, uh, plainly, everything was a joke. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the other thing that I think bit. about these too. Sorry, is mm-hmm. that I do think that these are all. How much I. Th- I think you'll probably believe that a lot of this is from childhood too. Like where you acquire your love language. Oh, is it for all? Sure. I think so too, right? 
Has to be. My parents are pretty affectionate people, and I think that's just completely transferred to me. Or it might be the opposite of it. It might be like whatever you lacked, you seek. Oh, yeah. That happens for people, too. That could be as well. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, my family, I guess we were hu- we were huggy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when I, physical touch for me is, you know, sexual. And, of course, it was not sexual with my family. But also, we were just a very sex-negative family. Like, it wasn't oh. something that was talked about or, uh. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, um Acts of service. My only my only run up with that is another another former boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, the one that when I discovered love languages and we were talking about it in therapy, and he said something like, "Well, I guess I'm acts of service." You know, I because we lived together. He was like, "You know, I take out the trash." Yeah, and I remember being infuriated, and I was like, "That is something you would have to do anyway." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. who, who, you live with me, you live alone. You're taking out the trash. Yeah, like, what the hell? <laughs> this does not qualify as a love language. Oh my god! But it, it was kind of a joke. But yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. <laughs> We're taking out the trash. Yeah. Oh, wow. Dude. Thank you. That's um. You know, the bar is I'll set pretty brave. high. Thank you very much. Um. Yeah. Quality actually, time yeah. is mm. on that list as well, and I think that's. I don't know. I should read more about these. That way I could have a better take on them, I think. But quality time seems like the most obvious. So it's almost like, oh, yeah, I like things that are good. Like, what is the point of saying that? Is there something? Well, I think there's a difference. between. So for me, so what is quality time? Like, what does quality time mean for you? Whenever I hear that, I think, okay, so time, is it about the duration of it? Like, do you need to, like, schedule or, like, you know, at meet, like, a, a quota of, of time with people? I think that's probably what it, it sounds like to me mostly is, like, it's about a, a qualified through an amount of time. See, for me, it's the it's the it's not the time part; it's the quality part. Yeah. So for me, it's not the length of time. For me, it's the sort of like not you know eating dinner in front of the TV and watching a TV show, which it uh, could okay. be. But for me, it's like like the time we take to sit and like have a real conversation. I see. Something I, I used to do with with an ex was. Um, we just say, we just like be in the middle of something and one of us would be like, okay, I need a check-in. Mm-hmm. And then we'd like, whatever we were doing, we would stop and we would just like, how do we feel? How are things going? Because mm-hmm. if it, we were in a rough spot, we were in a good spot, we would just like want to like check in and have an honest conversation about like how we feel about oh. this and that. But um, like that sort of like, like drop the day to day, you know, and just really like sit with each other and talk about our relationship and talk about yeah. like, like, Yeah. That th- That's quality time to me. Right. I guess it's because, well, and then that evolves as mm. a relationship evolves because at first you're just getting to know each other. And so mm. that quality mm-hmm. time is just completely invested in like, what's your, what were you like in high school? And, you know, it's kind of like those fun questions where you're, yeah. you're just learning. And then after you kind of, after that phase is over, quality time changes shape, I'm pretty sure. Right. Like you're yeah. just um, bonding in the ways that you know that you enjoy or you both enjoy, hopefully. Yeah. But it's still, it's just, I don't know. A lot of these are like, yes, good things. Like that, it might as well just say good things. <laughs> um, have, have you ever done a, fir- I've done a first date as an escape room before. Wow. Right before the pandemic. Yeah. It was, I did this person for a little bit. It was great. Yes. Because it was like, I saw, like, it was like, I have a full front row seat to your personality awesome. and how like yeah. you handle a challenge oh. and like whether you take the leader role or the follower role, mm-hmm. like because it was with, it wasn't just us it was like in a group oh cool and this guy and i liked it like i other people may not like it but this guy was just like a move over i got this Whoa. and he was just like okay so this clue is here this clue no don't do that that's dumb you do this oh. and he was just very and i was just like he not to me but like to other people in the room <laughs> and i just remember sitting there and i was like i'm just gonna watch this play out wow like, i'm a natural leader myself but like i feel no i feel no desire to control this situation hmm. i'm just gonna sit here and watch you be very invested in this game that is a really <laughs> cool idea for a first date like how to get to know someone in a very unique situation it's not like you'll have to endure their challenge face every single day or whatever right and and it, if it works out or works out for a little while mm-hmm. like that's a great story oh yeah that's cute that's super cute and yeah. i'm a sucker for like a good origin story i uh, is there an optimal is that the like the most optimal first date situation to see them under stress and see them <laughs> like just to kind of no. get to know a bit of them. Like what's, 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 are you a movie dinner person? Which is, see, see, I guess it's your definition of a first date because I, I always do uh what some other, what some people might call a first date for me is like a pre-date. 
Mm-hmm. And it's something that, like, from the pandemic, I'm going to keep doing. Yeah. Uh, like, FaceTimes. Yeah. Because, like, I would rather just talk to you for, like, 20 minutes on FaceTime before I decide to spend, like, three hours with you at a restaurant or whatever. Right. Um, but it's either that or, like, you know, the coffee date or whatever. I don't always consider that a first date. That's just sort of my, like, especially if I haven't met you in person, if it's an app thing. It's right. just, like... I just need to be in the room with your pheromones to see if it's working for me mm-hmm. and see if there's any, any, anything at all. Yeah. And then we can, can decide to do, and then I like to do a, a, something where we can talk. I don't want to do a movie until, movies not till like fourth, fifth date. Right. Where we don't need to like, I need to, we need to be in a position where we can talk. Yeah. Or, or actively engage. I'm just realizing it now too, though. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I've been on like a first date even though I've dated, I don't, it's never come like, oh yeah, let's have a first date. It's never that. It's always been meeting people out and having a good time at a bar and oh, there's a guy that I'm talking to or whatever and then a hookup maybe and then maybe like have breakfast and like, I'm. it's like, it's not the formal because I hate pressure. I hate like an expectation. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know, organized like, oh, let's go on a, on a date, I think, and it's just semantics because I'm doing the same thing. I'm spending time with them somewhere where we're both, you know, having fun hopefully. But it's, I don't know, all of a sudden with the word date, the pressure, like, oh, let me get ready. Let me make sure that I look presentable or whatever. I have so much resistance against all of that. So all of my successful kind of like relationships or, you know, the ones that um, lasted longer than, than, you know, two or three dates or whatever, it was all on accident and it was all very like organically moved. I think if I, so I like the structure and I, I mean, all of my dating has been preceded by like a standard like number of like let's meet here and talk here and do this that's like, not my style i what i would do if i found myself in, and i've done in a found self in a situation where we haven't met on an app but we've met in real life and we're like clicking and things are going on i will stop things from going too far too fast yeah because if i were in that position and we were like having a great time and connecting and we just because i've had friends do this who have like the three-day first date where they're just like and he slept over and then i went over mm. there and then i slept over to me that from i just I'm not saying for anybody else. For me, yeah. there's a extremely likely risk that it burns hot fast, hot and fast. Yes. And then it's done. That was my, oh my gosh, at the beginning of shutdown in 2020, that was my observation of a lot of friends who were in new relationships mm-hmm. because it was like that cute honeymoon um I don't know, super dramatic and the world is scary. So let's cuddle and hold each other and be there for each other during this really difficult time. Like there was so much going on and so much emotional intensity. And I watched it to a, happen to a couple friends where they, you know, they were each other's pod and they actually got to, you know, live in like this exciting, sexy story. And I was super cynical about it. I was very like, you guys were on a break from reality when things go back to normal, which we thought was like two weeks to like two months or whatever. Are you going to still feel this way? I wonder. Like, I was really nervous about my friends who were starting to invest more and more super fast. And then the pandemic kept going and I realized, oh, this is a this isn't a break like I thought it was. It's not a two month thing. This is actually the new normal. And some of those people are still together and like their bond. It made sense to continue to do that, I guess, which is interesting. Yeah, that ended up not being a break. But what is a break is the one we're going to take right now. And we'll be back right after to speak with a special guest. Boom. I've got brand new toys. So I went down to my package room the other day, and it turns out that uh, Satisfyer sent me a brand new box of, I mean, multiple new toys. It's part of their um, uh, uh, anal extension, which is a, a, a some coursework that I attempted to take at the new school, uh, and they blocked my email. Um, anal August? I don't know. I don't know when you're going to be hearing these ads, but I'm recording it in August. To me... Every every month of the year is anal. Anyway, I should promote these products. So the one I want to talk about today is the Twirling Joy. Um, it is described as a tip vibrator. And the best way I can describe it is it kind of looks like a, like an E.T. finger. You know? I'll be in here is what I tried to make my Dom say when he used it on me and he refused. Um... It's it basically I used it to sort of um, stimulate sort of the outside area and then just inside before uh, we got down to business and it was really hot. It was actually really hot to have someone else use it on me. Um, and and I know that by comparison because I started using it and then I handed it off to him and it was much better when he was in control of it. But those are issues between me and my therapist. Um, so. 
get yourself um, you can get yourself a twirling joy today with 30% off by using discount code DAT30 at checkout. That's dying alone together 30 DAT at checkout. Satisfier.com. S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R.com. And um, if you do get the twirling joy and uh, twirling enjoy it. Uh, please uh, reach out to us on our Instagram at at Dying Alone Podcast and let me know how much it made you want to phone home. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to play a new game with a new guest today. The game is going to be called Where Is This Going? because our guest has a story that apparently takes quite a few twists and turns, and JJ and I are going to try to figure it out. Um, the, the guest is a data analyst and writer living in West Virginia. He just had a short published in the Love is Free magazine, and you can check that out. It's called Relationship Purgatory. Ladies and gentlemen, our friend, Alec Masella. Hello. How is everyone doing? So, so good, babe. It's good to see you or we'll talk to you. Um, yeah, for sure. It's been a long time. So, Alec, how do you know JJ? Um, well, I was eating things that are inedible in kindergarten. JJ took <laughs> <laughs> It was glue, you know, just <laughs> complete transparency. It was glue. Mm. Uh, JJ I guess took notice of that and mm-hmm. the rest is history. Best friends. He was after my heart just by putting glue on his fingers and putting it in his mouth. Right. So we should just uh, yes. we should just take take into account so listeners take into account that this story as I'm now realizing is uh, told by someone that eats paste. Yeah. So <laughs> let's let's keep it yeah. all in perspective. Setting the tone. Everything, sure. yes, multiple grains of salt just on everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, the the narrator. All right. Well, we've got. Uh, I hear we have, uh, in, to to listeners. JJ and I. JJ probably has a little bit of an idea. I have no idea what we're about to hear. Right. So what's going to happen is we've got a lot to do. So we're going to get started right away. Yeah. Alec is going to start his story, and at certain moments he's going to stop it and ask JJ and I where we think it's going, mm-hmm. and we're going to give our best guess, and then we're going to see if we're right or wrong. So Alec, why don't you just take it away? Yeah. So. At the very so I made a list of things that happened just because this ended up being something that's kind of like, I don't know, one of those like I spy pictures where the longer you look at it, the more weird details you see. So I had to like marry on this a little bit and write everything down. Um, And in a big star at the very top, I said, I need to set the stage to where I was mentally, which was pretty much, <laughs> I had been listening to a lot of Tovlo and then I had shifted to li- listening to a lot of Banks. Uh-huh. So that's relevant, I'm sure, but that's where I was mentally. <laughs> right. I just said hey, Tovlo, Aero, Banks. Banks. Mm. Tovlo, Banks, Paste Eating. Gotcha. And this is a, yes. and this is a dating story. <laughs> this is a dating story. <laughs> yeah, emotions all, are running high. Right, exactly. It was, I was angsty. I, you know, this was, Let's see, early fall 2018. I had just gone through a breakup. Um, oh, and was getting, yeah. So this was like the first date after that. Can I also quote you, Alec, really quick and just say uh, something that that reminds me of is Alec once let me know the temperature of a relationship by telling me that he, being around him feels like being in a Tovlo music video. That, so that's, that was a Tovlo phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that. I remember this. Anyway, keep going. Yes. Okay. So it's all relevant. Anyways, so this was somebody I had met on Tinder, the Tind, and essentially, you know, I had been talking to him for like a week, and then we eventually decided to meet up um, on a Friday. Now I was living in D.C. at the time, and it was a Friday evening, and I had to get from downtown to Georgetown, which is by no means easy on a Friday afternoon. It was just extremely crowded. I was in an Uber for like 45 minutes to travel like a mile. So I was already like not in the best mood. And um, it kind of dawned on me when I got there at this Irish pub where we met that I had only seen like versions of him. Like, I think he was a chemist. So on Tinder, I saw like a lab coat pick. I think he played like rugby and he did like a lot of festivals. So it was different versions. And when I got there, I was like, okay, well, I don't even know really what this person's default look looks like. So God help me, I'm going to have to find this person in a sea of people. So anyways, I got there. 
I did find him at a high top with two chairs. Um, what he was wearing shocked me from head to toe. So JJ, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh -huh. and just what do you think he was wearing? Oh, okay. In order to, so I'm kind of uh, going to the, the memory bank with Alec and what would maybe shock Alec. Um, was he by chance wearing head to toe uh, Pokemon themed outfit? That was somebody else. That good okay. memory. <laughs> that was another memory. This is. There's a whole. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. I'm gonna guess a a zip up pajama onesie with feet. Hmm. Oh, I would, y'all. I wish it was that campy. Okay, so here here's what it was. Mm -hmm. It was a green, like a forest green mesh tank top. And I'm not when I say mesh, I don't mean like 3 a.m warehouse party in Bushwick mesh. I mean, right. like, straight up, like, I have a date at six, but then I have a fourth grade dodgeball tournament at oh. seven mesh. Yeah. It was, like, straight up, like, you know, school-issued PE garb. Um, cargo shorts. Oh. Which, yeah. <laughs> no comment. And, right. then he, and then he is the one who drew my eyes down to his feet. Um, on which were the littlest Yeezys I have ever seen in my life. He had wow. very tiny, yes, very tiny feet. Um, it, it, the way his legs were kind of just dangling off the stool was also a little bit comical. Um, I'm a sucker for a short guy, but it was just, it was all in the, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was very comical. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. mesh, cargo shorts, Yeezys. And apparently he had just come from a lab, which I found increasingly hard to believe. <laughs> Interesting. Wait, can I ask also, he directed uh, your attention down to his feet. Was that to show off that he had Kanye West's shoes on? Yeah, it was, okay, yes, right. it was for the Yeezys. He showed yeah. me, the, there were these, like, these neon green and yellow Yeezys. All right. Uh, which, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, so those were in at the time, and it was, the whole ensemble was just uh, not what I expected at all for a first date oh. um, in Georgetown. So Keeping you on your toes. Yeah. All right, so obviously you are now hard as a rock and you, right you, i was like whoa like i did not expect to be sweeped off my feet this quickly but right. like this just makes everything worthwhile so t take us to the next segment let's see how does it how, how did we go from here um well i made a quick side note that he was also drinking out of a beer pitcher and it was also comically large just because he had small hands as well but, but the pitcher? <laughs> yeah, like from the pitcher. Like so I'd already been drinking bold. before I got there. That's pretty bold because that's like a commitment. It's like, hey, we're in for this pitcher. You yeah. know, we're meeting for the first time. But I like that he doesn't want to perform. It's not like, oh, let me put on my, you know, let me put my honest foot forward is what he did. He's like yeah, this tiny, honest foot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it does kind of segue into the next part where he wanted to talk about only... Well, I'll leave it up to you, JJ. What do you think his two, just name two random topics of conversation. Sure. <laughs> One of them might be correct. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I'm going to pick martial arts and painting figurines. Okay, okay, Jack, what do you think? I'm going to pick um, Kanye West and um, uh, pornography. Okay, both of you are almost kind of in the same ballpark. So the two topics and the exclusive topics of conversation for the entire um, meal were frat houses and festivals. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're starting to paint a very specific picture of a person. I'm starting to get real detail. I, I feel like I'm starting to know who this is more. Yeah, he mm -hmm. wanted to talk only about, so like right out of the game, you know, you know right after the whole Yeezys um, thing, he, you know, started grilling me about if I had ever been in a frat, and I said no. <laughs> and he, but he only wanted to talk about that. He only wanted to say, you know, like why weren't you? You should have been. I was in this one and this one. My dad was in this one and this one. My grandfather. I'm like, okay. Oh yeah. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> he apparently was Greek or something. I think that has something to do with it. Whatever. <laughs> but and then that went into the festivals, which I love a festival person. If you know a festival person, they really like to talk about festivals. Mm -hmm. So 
that's where the conversation went. I again couldn't relate because I had never been to a festival, but I believed that he had several times. And uh, <laughs> he was talking about Firefly and all that. It was it was fine. That was probably the most normal part of the whole night. I was gonna say it sounds like sometimes it's just like first date nerves to just kind of rattle off and keep going for no reason. I guess. I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, keep going. Keep going. What happened next? Yeah. So, anyway, so we eat the meal. I have, which was you know a few mistakes. I had like a huge. Uh, what's it called? Fish and chips with all the malt vinegar and all the IPAs. It was a very acidic meal. Um, anyways, I before we left, I had uh, I needed to go. Actually, this wasn't even before we left because I didn't even know we were leaving. But I went to the bathroom real quick, and um, this had nothing to do with the acidity of the meal. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we were just drinking beer. Um, so. I was going to the bathroom. I was like, okay, this is not going well. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like why I'm doing this. This is my Friday evening. Like I value my time. I see an out. I see an open window that I could have easily crawled out of. And I really thought about doing it. Wow. JJ, what did I do? Okay. Um, I'm going to say that you looked in the mirror and rehearsed a uh, an out that doesn't incriminate you or make you look like a jerk and instead went back to the table to go say it. And then he had other plans. That's what I think happened. Okay. All right. What I think happened is you contemplated the evening so far and realized that anyone with this level of confidence has a massive horse cock. You went into that <laughs> bathroom stall, you douched that acidic meal away, and you went back to that table with a newfound purpose. Oh, no, those are all better than what I actually did. I just, I, I remembered that I had left my backpack upstairs, so I was like, okay, there is no out. I'm facing oh. this head on. I go back up, you know, I just think, you know, we're going to do this meal. We're going to, yeah, I'm going to go home. It'll be fine. So we finish everything. I look outside. There is no way I'm going to be able to get an Uber back to my house because it was just so packed. It was DC on a Friday night when the weather was nice. So that was never happening. I think I made a comment about that. And so he offers to take me home. Um, and I'm like, okay, fine. That's, that's very kind. And, you know, let's just, let's do it. You can take me home. We can call it a night. Um, we start driving. We are going in a direction that is not the way that I told him I lived. So JJ, where in the world does this person take me? Oh my God. So we're leaving Georgetown? We're leaving Georgetown. Um, he took you to uh, the, he, he took you out to somewhere rural, somewhere like a, a woodsy area. Okay, Jack. So for, before I answer, I just want to say, I don't know what it is, <laughs> if it was the paste or what it is with the two of you uh, getting into vehicles. Mm -hmm. Like, JJ has this wild story yeah. of the back of a minivan, which was in our second episode. And now you're just getting to this guy's car. I don't know what they teach you down in Georgia. So my guess is... Everyone. <laughs> exactly. My guess is he took you to the frat house. Oh. Oh. Oh, God, I wish. Wouldn't that have been fun? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I even... Okay, so we, we end up on a remote island in the middle of the Potomac that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> and apparently it's this, so it's called, I think, Teddy Roosevelt Island. Um, random as hell. I'm like, where are we? What is this? Because it was an empty parking lot. It was getting dark and there were gates around the entrance to the island. And I was like, um, you know, I wish there were more people around right now. You said that? <laughs> uh, I said it in, in my head. I think to him, I actually said something like, um, this is an interesting idea of what 14th Street looks like. Oh, man, too kind, too kind. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, OK, I'm sorry, but like, we got to do this first. Like, I've been wanting to do this for so long. Like, I traveled from Baltimore. Like, we got to go on this island. Like, I've heard so many good things about it. And I'm just thinking like, and this was, I think, before Midsummer had come out, but if Midsummer had already been out, I would have thought of Midsummer 
at this exact moment in time because that's what it kind of felt like. <laughs> because you were about to do mushrooms? I don't know if I was, if, I mean, I had no idea. Maybe. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, just the mystery of it all. Yeah, the mystery of it all, just the being in, on a remote island with, you know, woods, whatever. So we start walking, you know, it's getting pretty dark. There are no lights on this island. And I'm like, okay, so he's never been here before. I've never been here before. There's nobody around. I look at my phone. I have no service. Hmm. So good grief. JJ, what happens on the island? Oh, God, that's a terrifying question. Um, <laughs> this one actually, yeah, it, it, this one makes the most sense. Of, okay. all, of everything else. All right. I'm going to say it's nighttime. You're on an island. I'm going to say that he uh, he takes out, he's going to pop his trunk and take out a bunch of crystals to charge in the moonlight. Um, I think it's blowjob time. Oh, I'm boring. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know. Crystals are kind of fun. Blowjobs are kind of fun. <laughs> I don't know. It could have been both. It right. wasn't either. <laughs> we get lost on the island it's not a huge island but it's big enough with enough like little winding paths and trees and stuff so that you could get lost it's pitch black what time of day is this or i mean sorry what time of night is this oh this is like i don't know at this point maybe 9 30 oh okay getting late yeah it's getting late i'm like he's like yeah i don't know where where we are and i'm like okay well <laughs> Why? Why me? No, I was just like, okay, let's just get to an edge of the island and then work our way back around to where the path to the cars might be. Oh my god! Um, and you know, we keep walking. We're walking. We're walking. We're passing little shacks. We're passing little statues of things. Everything is nondescript because I can't really see anything. Um, it's a full moon out. So that was our only source of light, which only went so far because there were there was a lot of uh, canopy kind of overage uh, with the trees and everything. So he takes out his phone and goes, oh, dude, I have service. I say, awesome. JJ, what does he do with his phone? Oh, I mean, I know what I want him to do, but I'm afraid I'm wrong. Um he takes what he expects to be the last photo of Alec Masello alive. Ooh. Okay, Jack. <laughs> I think he plays his favorite Kanye West song. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? You're both kind of right. <laughs> so instead of like looking up, I don't know, a GPS or something, he, uh, he <laughs> takes an Instagram picture of the moon and posts it and shows me what he posts. And it's something with the caption of like, Beautiful date night. Oh, God. I think I win that point. I think I'm more right. Mm, yeah. Let's not use social media right now, and let's instead use maybe Google Maps. Yeah. Um, so we do that. We have the map up. We're working our way back to where we came. Um, Jack, you're right. He does start playing. I, I'm assuming it was Kanye West, since he is wants to be a fan, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, you know, like rap techno, I don't know, what, whatever. So we're listening to his music, uh, trying to scramble back to the head of the trail. And I'm stepping in puddles this entire time. Like my stomach hurts from the meal. I'm just like ready to get home. So finally we do make it back to the car and he goes, all right, man, that was so much fun. Like we gotta do this again sometime. Like I'll actually take you home now. I'm like, okay, awesome. So instead of having him take me home, I have him take me to my office. Just, you know, so there's a little bit of mystique yes. around where I reside. You know exactly why. Perfect. <laughs> I, he, you know, we say our goodbyes. I get out. I go up to my office, just like sit down at my desk for a few minutes and meditate. I get a text from him. What is it, JJ? Oh no, shit. Um, when you're done at the office- Five minutes out of the gate, what is it? Okay, um, when you're done at the office, I'll take you home. I think he's just gonna wait outside for you. Okay, Jack, what is it? I think it's a dick pic. Oh. It's a dick pic, it's a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's slightly, perfectly accurate. Um, and it's not, it was one without a caption, it was one without explanation, it was just straight up mm -hmm. dick pic. 
Just take a pic. I mean, it says a picture is uh, worth a thousand words. What is that saying yeah, again? That's yeah, that's right. what it is. Um, Communicating. So, so are you looking at this dick pic as like, oh my god, and this worse, this evening got even worse, or huh? At least I got this. Right. And I'm also just very curious about this dick pic. I, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. But like at the same time, I'm like, this is absurd. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps I'm just too much of a prude. I don't know. But I just couldn't believe it. Who does that? No, you're right. I think it'd be normal to be like, I don't know what this communicates. I'm confused about my night. This has been an emotional roller coaster. I mean, it's very Tovlo, though, right? It's so exciting. It's so Banks, though. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so then he's he's sending you dick pics from his car, presumably driving home, right? Or what, 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 what happened? happened? Yeah, he's driving home. I never saw him again. Um, oh. I think later that season, he did reach out to me and say something about how um, he wants to dress up like a ghost for Halloween. And, oh. um, God, I can't even remember what I said. I think I said like, ha ha, or, you know, <laughs> some Alec response. I have no idea. Yeah, that was it. That was the date. That and then, was... and then you were the ghost. Oh my God. You've been a ghost this whole time. It's all very literary. Yeah. Like I'm the ghost. I, it, it's all meaningful and it has a lot of, Yeah layers of course yes this has so much meaning i know we're you know you're just going to continue to write about it forever well i do think jj and i have tied uh both getting one right yeah. through the game yeah. um yeah. i think the moral of the story is um one um an abduction uh only has uh proper place in a consensual role play scenario and nowhere else especially not a first date um two um, what else have we learned from this? Um, I learned that I didn't hate it, so that I, means something. Right. <laughs> no, no, no mesh tank tops. Maybe, maybe that's a red flag. Maybe that says this. Maybe a mesh tank top. Maybe that's the, you know, from the jump, we could have figured this out. And three, um, apparently any homosexual from Georgia will just get in a car. All right. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah, so open door policy. Well, uh, thank you for joining us uh, to tell us your 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 tale of of a horrible, horrible yet beautiful first date, and one that I'm sure you will remember forever. Uh, can you tell the people where they can find you? Yes. Yeah, so physically, I'm in West Virginia, uh, but on the social medias, I am pretty much only on Instagram. Uh, you can catch me at Alec Atraz, like the island. That's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> Very and, right. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you, Alec. And we will be right back after this break to either leave you with some love and light or pick a fight. Well, before we go, we should leave our listeners with some love and light or we should pick a fight. JJ, what, what do you want to do? I think I want to change the game and love and fight something. Oh, wow. You're flipping the script. I am a little bit. Sorry about it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just uh, it's something that makes me feel so free and uninhibited and powerful in certain moments. And then also deeply embarrassed and regrettable. But it's just <laughs> dancing while drunk is one of my favorite things in the entire world until you see a video of yourself dancing drunk. It is like it's the hardest 180 that I've had to take in like the last I don't know. Oh, whatever. The. Things are more fun. It's been a while since I've been able to dance and, and just let go. So it is more love, I think. But shit. I don't know if I can imagine you dancing. The, well, here, that's another thing. Like, I, you know, I'm a pretty reserved, chill person. Like, that's my normal uh, default setting, maybe. But, you know. You're like a head bob. Yeah. Which is my go-to, especially, like, anytime I'm at, like, a concert or whatever, and it feels a little performative to really get into it and dance or whatever, I'm just going to, like, rock back and forth. I'm going to do, like, the normal thing. But whenever you put three drinks in me, my arms are up above my head. I'm putting my hips into it and my knees are going and I'm having such a good time. I'm living. But recently someone let me know that, you know, oh, yeah. And the Megan The Stallion body came on and JJ, you went for it. And oh, my God, it was one of the whitest things I've ever seen in my life. I'm imagining Kermit the Frog. Yeah. You, then you know what? Probably not inaccurate. But uh, and I'm not I'm never going to stop. That's why it's a love and a fight, because I'm never going to stop. Stop won't stop. Nope. No, dancing, keep going. But, oh my God, just don't tell me about it. <laughs> so I'm going to pick a fight with dog, other dog owners in general. Ah. 
So I, as a dog owner, you get to suddenly become very aware of the common faux pas of other dog owners pas. that range <laughs> that range from annoying to someone should take this dog away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off is we live in New York City. The amount of people that I see letting their dog off leash on a city street mm. is dangerous to the dog. It is dangerous to traffic. It is dangerous to passersby. Mm-hmm. It is a dangerous... The reason that you have your dog on leash mm-hmm. is if if that dog... You need to be able to restrain the dog quickly mm-hmm. if it does something that it's not supposed to do. For instance, coming up and sniffing my dog who does not like other dogs. Yeah. And so when Max starts flipping the fuck out and I have to pick him up and hold him over my head and your dog is trying to climb me like a tree to get to Max, fuck. you can't do anything about it. No, the- That happens... All the time. That image is so chaotic. Like Max isn't a tiny dog. What he's a uh, he's thirty five pounds. Thirty five pounds. What's what's the breed? He's a he's a cocker spaniel. Cocker spaniel. And I don't know. Like and he smell. He wants blood. You know it. And with him, because I've I've seen him bark at other dogs and get territorial. And he yeah he you know notably doesn't really get along with other dogs. Imagine being like six feet off the ground, being carried by your owner like up in the air, and the dogs barking at your feet when you already don't like dogs. It's so stressful for him, even in the best case scenario. Right. And the la- one of the times this happened, it was the middle of the, it was a late walk. It was like late at night, and the dog in question was this big black Rottweiler that the woman down the street was just letting walk up and down 45th Street. Mm. I may have said the C word. Um, so, <laughs> I, was not, I was not happy. Oh, shit. Um, uh, well, you get attacked by a Rottweiler while you're trying to protect your dog oh because, and she's yelling at you. He's fine. He's fine. Oh man. Mm. Yeah. Fire. And you know, Fire. I, well, it makes me think about being at the park or at the beach and I, the f- funny, I don't know, I guess like contradiction of it is that I love whenever a dog comes and says hello to me. Like that's so cute and fun. And mm-hmm. usually like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Great. But whenever I'm with people who have a dog, I get like immediate, like, I feel responsibility over the interactions that the dog has from our group, sort of, I guess. And I get embarrassed whenever, you know, they let their dog go and say hi to everyone, even though I like to be on the other side of that. Also, now, when the dog is on the leash, I'm okay with leash with with the the concept of an extendable leash so that you have a little bit of play. But if you've extended that leash three city blocks, he is no longer doing anything. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And if you're on your phone talking to whoever and your dog is four blocks away but technically on leash, that's not helpful. <laughs> it's not helping anything. Also, the putting a leash in your hand should not turn you into a kite. Oh. Okay? Like – Dig your heels in and stop the like if if the dog is too strong for you to handle, you should not have that dog. Ah. You should not have that dog. That's a lesson people usually learn in retrospect, I think. But yeah. I I mean, I'm not a dog owner, but I've definitely been walked by dogs that I've I'm watching for a job or for friends or whatever. Yeah. And I yeah, they're definitely I can draw a line of dogs that I shouldn't own because they will walk me. And from the people side, something that I always do and rarely ever see anybody do mm-hmm. is when I see a dog that I would like to say hi to, what I do is ask permission. Mm-hmm. Can I say hi? Because you don't know this dog. Sure. He may not like people. This person may not want you touching their dog. Yep. Whatever it is, you ask. The amount of people that just walk up and just want to grab Maxie right away and just fluff his ears or whatever, he does not, he does not want you to touch him. Mm. He barely wants me to touch him. Mm. He is not interested in your cuddles. Uh, unless he knows you. And uh, you're going to find out the hard way if you don't ask. Yep. <sighs> Take a breath. <sighs> and that brings us to the end of dying alone together. If there's any, if it hasn't been any clearer as to why I am going to be dying alone, uh, then that little rant right there. Um, actually, I won't be dying alone. It'll be surrounded by six Cocker Spaniels. There we go. If you liked this episode for whatever reason, uh, you can go ahead and subscribe uh, to wherever you're listening to it right now. Make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. It helps us find more listeners. If you would like to be featured on Dying Alone Together, you can drop into our DMs on Instagram at at Dying Alone Podcast. You can also follow me at Jack Tracy Official. And me at JJ Bozeman. Dying Alone Together is brought to you by Necessary Outlet Productions. You can find more from Necessary Outlet at NecessaryOutlet.com or the Necessary Outlet YouTube page. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Mwah!